Hello and welcome to Candle Conversations, where we have open and honest conversations about the care community at large. Um, my name is Lee Anson, and today I'm joined by Lucy Buxton. Um, Lucy works with LJB Coach Consultancy and is driven by a desire to inspire and empower and support individuals and businesses to achieve their goals in an ever-changing world. Lucy has over 32 years of extensive experience in the caring profession. Um, and today we're going to be talking about vision, values and culture and how uh, it can help within the workplace itself. Thanks ever so much for joining us today, Lucy. Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely to be here. Um, so to start off, really, um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Ooh, where shall I start? Shall I start at the beginning? That's usually a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. <laughs> I guess, I guess my career with nursing started probably at about the age of three or four. I actually um, did a speaker presentation last week and shared a picture of me at that age in a little nurse's uniform. So it's kind of a shame that this is kind of just audible because it, you know, it was quite cute. Um, my gran was a nurse and I think I'd always grown up with listening to her stories and it was always in my I'd say my blood I always wanted to be a nurse or a police officer and work experience at 15 put me being put me off being a police officer so um, it was a nurse I started as a care assistant at the age of 15 my local nursing home and that was back in the days where you didn't have to have checks and a matron just sat and had a chat with you um, and uh, as long as you were half decent and you would work hard, then you, you got the job. And um, so I did that. Um, and then I went off and trying to be a nurse, of which I have spent my career shared between the NHS and social care. And I've done a variety of things in that time. And my employed career um, ended as me being a head of compliance for a company with over a thousand beds at which point my personal world fell apart and I decided um, to set up my own business. And I now work with individuals and businesses in social care um, to help them achieve their goals, move forward um, if they're stuck or overwhelmed, help them in, get to where they want to be and businesses that might want to improve their cultures. I help those. I am now an NLP trainer so that's neuro-linguistic programming trainer I'm a coach um, and I'm a trainer of hypnotherapy as well as a nurse still and that's me. Fantastic it's quite a varied uh, journey to where you are today. <laughs> yeah I think so and I think if I look back um, I can see how the things and the experiences I've done have really led me to be where I am. Um, and I, I can consciously remember when I first set up my business, wanting to put coach in the name of it. Um, not, I didn't just want to be a consultancy. I didn't just want to go and kind of say, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. I'd always been really, um, I think inquisitive around how people do what they do and how we can get people to perform 
to their best how we can empower people um so the coaching thing was in, important i'd always been the kind of person that would kind of pull on a little bit of cotton to kind of see well what what's behind that what how can we get you to do that in a, a, a more efficient way or well, what, what, what's going on there for you so yeah I can definitely reflect back on a lot of experiences and think yep yeah, that's how I ended up where I am today fantastic now um coming from an apprenticeship training provider the importance of vision values um and culture um is something that that needs to be looked at by every single company be it care uh, be it professional services anything and everything so what what is the role of of vision values and culture in shaping the delivery of care in the uk okay so um we all as individuals have a what i would call different model of the world we're all different um either based on our culture our individual history, the way we've been raised, the events we've been exposed to, and then the values and beliefs that we have individually and then in those organisations. And what's important is with those values, they're all different. It could be that you have somebody that's very motivated towards making money. Um, And it may be that they are less motivated to supporting and empowering their team. Um, It may be that you have somebody that's very motivated to people following the rules and doing as they're told, rather than encouraging and inspiring people. So what you tend to find happens is that where an organisation has got very clear values, then those values are brought into by the leaders and the individuals in the business and the leaders model those values so that people are then able to replicate them because they know the standards and the expectations and if those values are there for everybody to buy into then things like honesty um, is key in the business and then it can be carried out and, and everybody then is honest and even if you've made a mistake it's just about being honest so, so the, the, the same works in um, a negative context, where if you have values that maybe are not so good, then people will see those values and potentially either model them or not be able to um, continue with their, I would say, more positive values. So that's where poor cultures then arise because people don't feel that they can speak out and they won't buy into the values or they'll buy into them and then that's where people then build close cultures. Absolutely I think the the word there that you you said is is clear it's it's you know it's, it's imperative that these visions these values have to be clear definable I mean how can healthcare organizations develop a, a clear vision or, or value um, that align with the the needs of both the the patients and the communities that they serve so so for me I would say um from if I'm thinking from a coach and an NLP perspective so um it's important that the person that is leading the company or the collective of people that are leading the company actually clean up their values. That sounds odd, 
but if our values are not at a point where they are um, achieving us the best things, then we know that that's going to then feed out throughout the business. So I'd, I'd first of all say those people in leadership need to clean up their stuff. Whatever's going on in their heads, they need to sort it out. Um, and they need to be performing from a really good place and a really good mindset. Um, that, that's key because if you've got people that are overwhelmed or burnt out or just maybe feeling a lot of negative emotions, anger, sadness, fear, then they're not going to be operating um, in, in a good place. Um, I think it's also then about exploring what the importance is around the values for the business. What's the purpose? What, what are we there for? What, what's our vision? What do we want it to look like, feel like, sound like? What do we want to think about it? Um, and then we can start to kind of find out what those values for the business look like. And then it's a case of finding out the, the, the key partners and exploring what those values are for them and how they would experience them. So honesty might be very different for a carer who works in an organisation where maybe they feel that they can't be honest. Yeah. Um, and then it's about actually getting them people to buy into them. So why are we doing this? For what purpose? And how specifically do we know this value is being demonstrated? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen firsthand um, strong vision, strong values and strong cultures um, improve things like retention. Um, they give people those those clear progression routes. Um, they, they allow people to understand where they start and where they're going to go next in their journey. Um, now you've mentioned about the, the business benefits a little bit. We've talked a little bit about the, the employee benefits, but I mean, how does a, a positive workplace culture impact the, the quality of care provided to um, residents or patients? Oh, well, it's massive. If you have got, if you have got a really good environment with really good culture, values-based care, then you've obviously got good retention, which means consistency. So the staff that are employed know the individual's needs, wants, desires, personal preferences um, of those that they care for and support, provide support for. They will know the small indicators of when people are not themselves. So they'll notice when Fred's not doing too good and they'll be able to pick up quickly that something's not right. So maybe get clinical intervention, say Fred's got a, an infection potentially. So it's about familiarity. On the reverse of it, if you have staff that are not in a good environment, in a poor culture, that do not have really good vision and values around their work environment, then they won't perform well. They'll go, they'll do the job and they'll walk away. They, they'd be simple things like, um, their ability to notice those small indicators won't be there because they'll be spending their time walking around with their head down and not their head up. So they, they physically won't see stuff. 
they'll actually not hear stuff. Their um, mental well-being will not be good. So they'll be less tolerant of maybe behaviours that are presented that maybe um, are not so easy to navigate. Um, and therefore, then the individuals that are supported won't get their needs met. They won't be able to say, I need help when they need help and if they're not able to say it, it won't get noticed because the staff will not be in a place where they can see it, feel it, hear it, or think about it or even do anything about it. Because if people are in an environment where they don't feel that they can speak out, then they're not going to be able to go and report that Fred needs help. Absolutely. I mean, with ourselves, um, we always look at ways of making sure that we embed things like the culture into the actual training process from the offset. So when we're looking at people that are coming into a business, brand spanking new, it's it's a lot easier for us to then go, yep, yeah, this is the way things are. This is how you're going to do it. Now, right. talking about businesses that have had vision values embedded for quite some time, but people aren't actually picking those up. I mean, what strategies um, can be used to promote sort of that, that culture of safety and, and accountability within those healthcare settings? There's lots. Well, ultimately, it starts right from the off um, with recruitment, really right there and then. So if you say that um, promptness is something that is part of your culture, you know, we're, we're effective and we're prompt then that's about responding to people's inquiries over jobs promptly, following your onboarding process promptly. If it's honesty, then that's about being honest in an interview around these are what our expectations are. But then your questions in that interview need to be aligned to your values. So there's no point asking about um, innovation in an interview if innovation isn't one of your values. You need to be asking about what your values are to ensure that those people that you are interviewing, what, what their pe perspective is on those values so that you are appointing the right people that you know will then either align and buy into your values. Because if we have different values levels as individuals or we've been raised with different values, then it might be that in, for one person, that value that you have, is not appropriate for them. And then it's about how those values are in absolutely everything in your business supervisions. So if honesty is one of your values, then a supervision has to be based on honesty without fear of reprisal. It has to be, I can be honest with my manager and I'll be supported, whatever the outcome it is. Um, my, my manager has to be honest with me and support my honesty, even if they might not like what I have to say and, and accept things as just feedback. Um, it, it needs to be throughout your HR process completely. It needs to be throughout your inquiry process. So if somebody wants their loved one to come and stay in your home or be supported by your business, actually, let's be honest here. Let's, let's have that open communication and say, do you know what? Things are a little bit tough right now, so we're having a bit more agency usage because people just want to know. Um, they have to be lived and breathed through every element of the business. They have to be tangible. They have to be um, displayed so that there's a visual reminder for it. 
and and they have to be constantly gone back to so every decision that's made has to go back to those values and so that those decisions are based on those values that are modeled and bought into in the business absolutely i mean it's all about communication it's all about talking to the people that you're working with it's all about making sure that those vision and some values aren't aren't done behind a, a closed door in, with a group of a board of directors just sat there thinking well this is what we think the business should look like um yeah uh, i mean you've, you've talked about so much there and and it's important to be able to measure that effectiveness so um how can like a healthcare organization at home um sit down and measure the effectiveness of their vision values and culture in in improving sort of the patient outcomes and improving staff um satisfaction those sorts of things there's the well there's there's really key so you've obviously got your, your financial indicators so you know scores on the doors um with your kind of profit and loss you know things like actually i over so many months or weeks or quarters, how many staff have we um, recruited and how many have stayed? What's our retention like? Let's break it down. Let's not just look at oh, how many here are 12 months on or what was the feedback at 12 weeks? Is it that we need to take um, feedback at the end of the probationary period? How many people have extended the probationary period? How many people did we lose in that first weeks or after that first week's week, 12 weeks, which is really a key place. You know, we can't expect people to have know everything after three months. It's it's not going to happen. And how do we support that? Then it's about your feedback from your um, people that use your service and, and what they say. Um, so that's simple things like your own in-house surveys, but also, you know, the ones that are kind of out there in a public forum on the Internet that you can find, even down to, like you know, Google reviews. And then actually engaging with the, the friends and the relatives. What do they say? What's their feedback? Being able to provide simple methods of feedback, not just big questionnaires. So, you know, a, just a sheet that's got smiley faces on it or sad faces, things that are, you know, adapted to different individuals' needs. And then actually taking feedback from your staff, having a culture where if your staff want to say something, hear it. And don't just hear it and do nothing with it. You know, provide the feedback to them. Make sure that any element of feedback is 360. So if you take something, give something back. I think the really important thing is as well, is having a culture of acceptance that feedback is just feedback. It's not a negative thing. Don't see it as failure. It is just feedback. And any feedback, you can go, yeah, OK, thanks, I'll take that. Or, yeah, OK, thanks, I'll take that. And actually, I've reflected on it and I don't think that is anything I need to do anything with. It's all about growth um, and, and being open to just hearing what other people see. Because if I go back to we all have a different model of the world, I will see something different to you. I will feel it different to you. I will think about it differently. Um, and it might be that I have a different perspective. You know, we know now um, one of the things that's been acknowledged very much with people who are neurodiverse, they, they, they can see things from a different perspective. You know, I'm dyslexic and 
and I tend to be more um, visual. I, I, I can create pictures in my brain differently. So I might be able to see things differently. I might pick up something that somebody else just doesn't have a clue about. And then that way you can look to support in outcomes that can improve. You know, it, it's if you want to talk from a client compliance and quality perspective, it's it's about looking at those kind of simple indicators, you know, really drilling down into the detail, looking at, at the root cause of where things are and where things happen and why they might happen. But having an open mind, I think. That's absolutely brilliant. I mean, um, it's, it's all in all, it's all about embracing that culture, embracing your staff, taking that feedback on, making sure that you action it. Um, huge thanks to you, Lucy, for being a guest today. And I think I've learned a lot. Um, and I think our listeners will have definitely um, learned something new. Um, thanks ever so much for listening to Candle Conversations. We hope that you've enjoyed our deep dive into vision, values and culture. Um, and there's some certainly some actionable advice um, within this session today. Now, if you're looking for further information on, on how your own company can, can embrace vision, values and culture, just you can head over to ljbcoachconsultancy.co.uk and I'm sure Lucy will be more than happy to help. Um, thanks again, Lucy, for your time today. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you.